Welcome to Evolve Higher. I am your co-host, but your host today, Nikki, and I'm happy to be here doing a solo episode. I haven't done one of these in a while. Um, between Cassie and I both being pregnant and me being super pregnant now and her having a newborn baby, um, this podcast has kind of slipped through the cracks just a little bit. Um, you know, usually we submit our, or publish, I should say, our episodes Thursday mornings. And for some reason, talk about pregnancy brain. I thought today was Wednesday and I was like, oh, I'll record on Wednesday. I'll have it set to publish Thursday. And then I realized today is Thursday. So <laughs> I'm recording this episode the day of. I knew what I wanted to talk about. Um, and I've been thinking about it a lot. I mean, throughout my whole pregnancy, but specifically for this episode, I've been thinking about it all week and I just kind of forgot what day it was. It's been, you know, everybody says like when you're pregnant, it feels like you're pregnant forever and it takes so long and time moves so slow. And I have to say, that's not what my experience has been at all. I feel like I just found out I was pregnant yesterday. I mean, I really can't believe how fast all of this has just gone by. Um, I'm going to be 40 weeks on Monday. So she's coming soon. (laughs) Um, This is going to be my last episode until I have her. Um, I'm sure you guys know this by now if you've been keeping up with the podcast, but we've moved to publishing podcasts bi-weekly. We talked about this um, a little while ago. Well, we talked about it uh, during our live Instagram lives. So if you didn't catch that, I, I don't remember if we talked about it on one of the recent episodes. Um, but you know, really that's for two reasons. One was to give ourselves a little bit more space as we're juggling more in life right now. And the other reason was to keep the podcasts and the episodes really intentional. And we, we didn't feel like, um, you know, it was necessary to be publishing every single week unless we had really powerful topics. Um, And it's been, I think, really great. Cassie and I have both loved it. Um, Moving to the biweekly schedule, it seems like you guys are enjoying it as well. If you haven't had a chance to check out uh, the previous few episodes that we've published, please check them out. They've, I mean, they've all been so good. Uh, the latest, the most recent one I did was with Brittany Randall on the Black Lives Matters movement. And it was so um, eye-opening and just really powerful and educational. And it, it was, it was, it was, I think, one of my favorite episodes for sure. And um, a couple of them before that were really insightful episodes from Cassie Um, her kind of like (laughs) going away on maternity episode, which is like what this is for me right now. And, um, and then one with her uncle on community and they're just, they're really good. So, um, if you are, you know, um, looking to not stay busy, but it's kind of weird timing right now, right? Because, COVID is still very much a thing, but we are also now experiencing this revolution of sorts um, with the injustice that has been around, but that's really becoming more and more visible and apparent now. And we're dealing still with COVID. And I think um, with everything that we're experiencing collectively and individually. (laughs) It went from like shelter in place being our biggest thing to our our lives really just changing so much. So I'm curious if you guys are back at work. Um, Let me know. I, I'm still working from home, but I mean my, that's how my jobs are. 
Um, speaking of, uh, I've never really talked about like my occupation outside of teaching yoga, but just some life updates while I'm here and super pregnant laying on my couch. (laughs) Um, I recently got laid off of my, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Stitch Fix. It's an online clothing subscription and it's, it's a remote job. I was a stylist for them. So I was working, um, from home styling subscription boxes for people of apparel and accessories. And it was really fun. And they are shutting down their entire California hub. So they are laying off everybody that works in California, except for corporate. Um, and this happened just a few weeks ago. Um, but what's, so what's really crazy is technically my last day is in September when I get back from my maternity leave. So my last day is essentially going to be a few days from now or on my due date because um, when I come back, it's already going to hit my 12-week maternity leave. And so I, I'll be done working for them. And I was really... I was really disappointed because it's like the perfect stay-at-home from work mom job. You know, I was like, this is perfect that I have this, that I can come back to after the baby's born. I can still continue to have flexible hours. And so I was really disappointed that it, that I was getting laid off. Um, but I was really positive. And I remember actually I was sharing with Cassie, I was saying, um, you know, I'm disappointed, but I just, I've learned time and time again, how divine timing is and how I really feel like I'm (laughs) getting into some hippie shit now, but I really feel like the universe loves me so much. Like I really feel like the universe has my back and I just knew something great, greater would come along. And so I didn't freak out too much. I was, I mean, I was just really disappointed you know, I'm about to have a baby. I'm not going to have a job to come back to. I And this this particular job was so convenient. Um, and I haven't been teaching yoga because the studio got shut down because of COVID. And they just recently started offering a couple of in-person classes, but I'm super pregnant. I'm not going to be teaching. So, um, you know, but I, I just kept thinking anytime a door has a door has closed for me. I always mess up this. (laughs) I always mess up this thing. Anytime an opportunity shuts down on me or something like falls through, something better always, always comes into fruition for me. I mean, that really is the truth. And so I, it's been proven to me time and time again. So I stayed positive and literally within a few days, I found another job that is like better pay. It's going to be a lot more stimulating than my styling job was. I was starting to get really burnt out of how repetitive the styling job was. Um, And yeah, all I did was share with a friend that I was getting laid off and she's like, Oh, my office is looking for someone. Um, You could still work remote and the owner of the establishment is totally okay with me just training and then going on maternity and then coming back and jumping right in. So that positivity and the trust, I really feel like your energy vibrates out into the universe. And, you know, once again, it's been proven to me that, um, that, that the universe has my back. So just a little life update. I'm, I started a new job when I was just three weeks away from my due date. And I feel so lucky. I mean, who gets the opportunity to do that? I feel so, so, so blessed. Um, And I feel happy that I, I, I get to have that stability and support and that I didn't stress too much over getting laid off. So that's a little update on my end. Um, And really speaking of positivity and that's, that's something that my dad really instilled in me a lot was staying positive. I mean, he used to tell me all the time, like, God loves you so much. The universe loves you so much. The universe has your back always. You are so loved. You are so taken care of. 
and not to take away from working hard, but, but just to, you know, trust in something, really lean into trust. And when I kind of get into the other stuff later in this episode, what he said might seem kind of contradictory to a lot of the (laughs) ways that he kind of parented me, but, um, that's okay. But my entire pregnancy, I've been thinking a lot, a lot, a lot about, um, ancestral and parental patterns. And I've been reading a lot on my own about ancestral trauma, ancestral healing. It's really interesting. I recommend it for anyone, um, who just wants to get a better understanding of themselves because, it's so amazing how your ancestors' experiences trickle down to your conscious and your being and make up who you are. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and I, I can't attempt to, you know, make a whole episode about ancestral healing and ancestral patterns because I just don't know enough about it. I know someone who does. And I'm going to try to get her on the podcast when I get back from my maternity, but um, or my maternity leave, uh, just because you know I don't like to go off about shit I don't know about <laughs> on a platform like this. But um, it's it's been you know it's been really interesting to kind of reflect on that and talk to my parents about it and. And with that, and kind of what I wanted to get into today with you guys is parental patterns. And so outside of the fact that I just don't really know about, I don't, I don't have enough knowledge to talk about ancestral cycles, patterns, and healing and trauma, um, I also want to maintain my parents' and my family's privacy. Um, I'm a very open person kind of like for most things. And I feel comfortable talking about, you know, my own experiences growing up and how I was raised because it's my experience, regardless of who was involved. But I don't feel comfortable getting into, you know, um, like my parents' experiences and then their parents' experiences and so on and so forth. Because that's not mine to talk about. And my parents are very, very private people uh, in general, but especially when it comes to family. And that's kind of a cultural thing too. But um, yeah, so I, I wanted to share with you and maybe it'll get you kind of thinking, even if you're not pregnant or expecting you know, children or even want kids, it's just, I think, really important to kind of reflect on how you were raised, how it's affected you. And if, if you're okay with that narrative, because at any time in our lives, we have the ability to change our patterns, right? Um, and the first step to that is always awareness, being aware of why we are the way we are. And I think that's why things like, um, the ancestry.com stuff and 23andMe have become so increasingly popular. People are interested because they see how um, how relevant it is to the way they carry themselves now. <clears throat> and it makes us feel more connected when we know about what came before us. Um, but anyway, I don't want to get off track here. I think... Um, when I got pregnant, once I got past the, you know, morning sickness and all of that, I just started thinking a lot about how I wanted to be as a parent. And I started thinking about that, honestly, before I was, when I, when, you know, Ryan and I even started trying to have a baby, it was really important to me to, um, I'm a really like, analytical, maybe over analytical person. And so I've, I've thought about that often, but when I became pregnant, I started having almost like flashbacks, not necessarily of anything traumatic, but just little clips and glimpses into my own upbringing and things that I feel so appreciative of and things that I would patterns that I would like to end with me 
and to not pass down to my daughter and my future children. I'm curious if any of you moms or dads also felt that way um, when you found out you were having babies, if you felt like, you know, closer with your parents. I know that a lot of times people say after they have a kid, they become a lot more empathetic to their own moms and dads, especially to their moms. And, um, you know, they acknowledge like the sacrifices that they made more. And on the other side of that, I've also very often seen people experience some resentment when they have children because they, you know, experience that love for their child. And they think that they were almost like cheated. Like, how could my mom or dad not have been better about this and that or so-and-so. And I think that's interesting too. Obviously I can't speak on that yet, but so far just in the journey to motherhood, I mostly have thought about all the amazing things that my parents have instilled in me. And I've also been thinking about how different my upbringing is and was from from what my kids are going to experience. So (laughs) the obvious big one is the fact that I was born in another country. I was born in Iran. I experienced a whole different culture than my children are going to experience. Um, And I moved a lot to different countries as a child. And then I moved to America when I was nine and I was the foreign kid and that's been my identity. You know, I joke about it a lot. Like if I spell something wrong or sometimes I'll still say things weird, not like in an accent, but the way I word things is off. Um, and I'll be like, ah, you can't blame me. I'm foreign, you know? And it's, it's, it, but on a, on a real note, like that is my, that's still my identity. I've been a citizen for 15 years I've been living in America for almost 10 years or almost 20 years. And that's still my identity. I feel American. I, to me, like I am an American, but first I am an Iranian. Um, And, and, you know, we've gone back to visit often, but obviously I don't live there. And so the culture and the way I live my life is very different from how my, you know, cousins in Iran are living. But but I, but there's so much about me that's shaped because of that, because of that culture, um, the way the way I think about family values, um, and and there are a lot of things that I dropped, and definitely adopted a more American mindset or culture, of because I just uh, felt like it was more productive and better, and and I'm really grateful for that. This is definitely not to say like one is better than the other, but just how different my children's experiences are going to be, you know, the way, the way that they're going to be raised, the way that they're going to experience everything is going to be so different. And I think, um, one of the, one of the things I'm really excited to see is them growing up with family. Um, because I grew up with family for years, but then, you know, we lived in a couple different countries. Then we moved to Iran And if you can imagine how weird it is to only see your like grandparents and your cousins once every three, four years, it's very unusual. And I feel like I, um, I missed so much of that. That's why family is so important to me. I wanted that so bad. I wanted to hang out with my cousins and see my grandparents and my, you know, aunts and uncles and I just feel really, really happy that my kids get to experience that. Their grandparents and aunts and uncles are always going to be at their birthdays, their graduation. They're just going to be in their lives. And that feels happier to me than almost anything. And, you know, in a way that's kind of like a, a projection, but probably the most healthy one, if you can have a healthy projection onto your children is, is that, you know, I think it's normal to want your kids to have the things you didn't. And for me, that's definitely one of them. I feel really happy that um, she gets to have that. Um, But getting into, so that's a really big thing is like just the cultural differences. And I, you know, I told my parents 
I don't want them speaking English to my daughter. I want them to speak Farsi with her. I am going to try to speak Farsi with her as much as I can. I speak Farsi to my parents and I wish that I remembered how to read and write it. Um, I only went there, went to school in Iran up to like second grade. And then I just never practiced it ever again because when I moved here, I really wanted to just be American. I just wanted to fit in. I did not want to be the weird foreign kid with an accent. And it's, it's interesting because now I embrace it so much. I'm like, I'm not white. I'm Iranian. <laughs> um, not that there's anything wrong with being white, you guys. Uh, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, and But it's really important to me that she, you know, experiences the language. And I, I hope she takes an interest in learning it. Even if she doesn't, it'll be just really good for her to hear my parents at least. You know, at least she'll understand it. And, um, and I want to celebrate, you know, like the Persian new year with her, where we set up the table really beautifully and traditionally. And I want her to experience all of that, all those little Iranian traditions. And, um, I want her to have that. And I'm, I'm, I'm just really excited to see how cultured she becomes and how those two worlds of her will be so much blended so much more seamlessly than how I experienced it. But some specific things about my upbringing that's not foreign related was um, character traits that I think to me definitely make sense when I think about the way I am now. Uh, You know, my mom, I've, I've talked about this before when I did the episode on getting pregnant with Ryan. Um, well, we did an episode on how we got pregnant, not how we got pregnant, but (laughs) on the fact that we were pregnant. (laughs) Oh man, that's funny. Um, but I talked about how somebody asked like, what are things that you would like to take from your parents and what are things that you wouldn't? And one of the things that I went on and on about was how open-minded my mom is. You know, she is not the back in my day, this is how it was, and that's how it should be now type of person. And man, that is really, really nice to have and important for me to adopt. That's something I definitely want for my kid. I hope I I hope I never meet her with, well, that's stupid. That's this is how we did it back in my day. You know, nowadays kids are this, nowadays kids are that. You know, I love to, and I work on being evolved and open-minded like my mom is because that's really helped, helped me stay open-minded. And also it's, it's so nice. And this is a relationship with anyone that's nice relationship trait. That's nice for anyone, but especially with your parents, it can be hard to connect with them when there's a generational gap, obviously. So when when the two can meet, especially, I think it's definitely the parents' responsibility, in my opinion, to try to meet your kid where they're at and not keep thinking, well, back in my day, it was like this. Well, back in my day, it was like that. Um, you can meet them where they're at, and that makes your children more comfortable speaking to you openly because I'm very close with my mom, and I know that her open-mindedness is the reason why. Um I'm a very, she, she really is my best friend. I, I tell my mom everything and, and not only do I share everything with her, I can't wait to share with her. Um, since shelter in place and everything, we laugh about how often we FaceTime. I mean, I call her, we FaceTime almost every night <laughs> and probably like every other night, but we'll talk for hours about everything, you know, and, and it's not like we agree on everything. The cool thing is that there's a lot of stuff we don't agree on, but we're both like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. And and sometimes we don't even meet in the middle. Sometimes we're like, I just don't agree with you on this. And that's fine, you know, Um, depending on what it is, obviously. But I think that that's what's made our relationship so much tighter And so much closer. I feel so comfortable sharing things with her, especially the older I get. Um, And now that I'm having a daughter of my own, I feel really, I feel even closer with her already. And I, 
I think because my dad, you know, if you've seen me post about him, you know how much I love my dad. My dad is like the cutest, sweetest, kindest, most generous, loving human. I mean, I love my dad so much. I get so many of my greatest traits from him, truly. Um, but he's he's very generational and grew up. When I say conservative, I don't mean politically conservative. Um, he just grew up in a conservative family in Iran, which is like, I'm not talking about Republican versus fucking Democrat. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. Just conservative as in they are socially and they're just, a, you know, he has a more conservative family. And it was, I think it was, it's interesting. So some quick background, my dad actually moved out to the States and went to college here, moved back to Iran years later, met my mom, got married. And then we all moved back here because he, he wanted me to have more opportunities in life. So we moved to America, but my dad was already a, um, a citizen here. And so he had already very much experienced the culture in America, but you know, for whatever reason, the way he was raised and everything, that conservatism really stuck with him. And so I had a really hard time connecting to my dad uh, once I hit like my teenage years, for sure. I think um, I've always loved him. Uh, he he. It, it's different when you're an only child. Your parents really are your best friends. But I think because he wasn't open-minded at all and because he was so set in his own ways. And unfortunately, a lot of his ways of thinking were so fear-based. It, it really caused a huge gap in our communication and our connection. It was really hard for us to understand each other. And, you know, if I'm being honest, it's different now because I'm older and he's older and I've moved out and I'm married. I'm going to have a kid, you know, like it's, it's different. There's different boundaries, but it was just really hard for both of us to see eye to eye, to even meet in the middle, to connect. Um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, stubborn. And when I say that, like it it was on me as well. (laughs) Certainly not. Our, our personalities are just in general, it's so complicated because we're so different, but we're so the same. And it, it was just, it was just hard. And I think, you know, anyway, my point is the I think the reason for that was because, and why I didn't have that problem with my mom was because she's really open-minded. And even though my dad grew up here and had more cultural experience than my mom did, that didn't really matter because in general, my mom is a really open-minded person. So it was easier for her to, um, connect with me on things that she didn't have experience about. Whereas with my dad, he was very afraid of me not agreeing with him on everything and me not wanting the same things as him. So it's definitely one of the things that is um, very important to me to nurture who my daughter is instead of trying to mold her into who I want her to be. And I know that's easier said than done. I mean, it's got to be so hard as a parent to watch your kid make mistakes, you know, or you want them to have this awesome life that maybe you either didn't have, or there were things you didn't do in your life that you wish you did or whatever. And it can be so hard not to project that on our children, but that's, that's something that I vow to myself to do a lot of work around because it, um, it hurt me for, for a lot of years, you know my relationship with my dad became really great when I moved out. And, and the reason for that wasn't necessarily because I moved out, but it was because at that time in my life, I think he just, he really came to this understanding of my daughter is not me. She is her own person. And, um, and giving me the space to be different from him changed our whole dynamic in a really, really powerful and positive way, truly. Um, I, I know that that's why we have the great relationship that we do now is because, and why we didn't for so many years, it was because 
he was so set on making me the specific person. And it was because he thought that that would make me happy. He thought that would make me successful and happy in life because there were things he didn't get to accomplish. There were things, there were shortcomings he had that he wanted, he didn't, there were mistakes he made. He didn't want me to make. And, um, and I think I, I didn't. And then for me, I, I didn't feel seen or heard. I felt like, uh, I was just trying to keep someone happy um, with me and I wasn't living my life at all the way that I wanted to. And so that's one of the things that I, I really, really, I think those things go hand in hand, being open-minded and, and knowing, and, you know, I've read all these like child development, child psychology books, and it's a very obvious thing that I think sometimes we just forget if we're not consciously thinking about it is allowing children to be who they are and not projecting who you want them to be. Um, I felt very um, disappointed and kind of ashamed of myself for so many years because I wasn't the person that I knew my dad wanted to be. I wasn't the daughter I knew he wanted. And it made me feel like because of that, who I was being different from that person was bad. Like who I was, was bad and wrong because it, it, it didn't align with what he hoped for. And since moving out, since, you know, him meeting me where I'm at and me meeting him where he's at too, it, you know, as you grow older, it's also your responsibility to meet your parents where, where they're at, at least in my opinion. And when I was able to be like, you know, he loves me. He did the best that he could. This was out of good intention. This was, um, this was because he wanted the best for me. I was also able to soften a little bit too. And when, and when we were able to meet each other in the middle, we, you know, bloomed this like really beautiful father daughter relationship. And it, you know, it's not like it was like really hard for me to grow up with him. There were a few years where it was, and it was hard for him too. You know, I, I can only imagine, and that's that empathy, you know, is trying to understand where your parents are coming from. I can only imagine how challenging it was for my dad to see me making mistakes that he felt like were going to ruin my life and not knowing where I was going to end up in life and, and desperately wanting me to do better because he loves me so much. Um, and yeah, but in the beginning of this episode, I was talking about how when I got laid off, I stayed really positive and I kind of manifested this new, even better job after I found out I was getting laid off of my current job. And that positivity, my spiritual side is all my dad, a hundred percent. I used to be, or not used to be, what I meant to say was my mom is a very, um, she's very right brain. Like she's very logical. She's very needs to see it, to believe it type of person. She thinks, you know, astrology and whatever, like she thinks all that stuff is just fooey. Like she doesn't get it. Her brain literally doesn't comprehend it. Um, but she does believe in like, energy, but it's very scientific for her, which energy is scientific. It's not like woo woo. Uh, anyway, but my spiritual side, my like seeing the universe as God, you know, my, that hippie side is all my dad, a hundred percent and my power and, and everyone's power and being able to manifest your, you know, wildest dreams to reality and believing that the universe has your back and is on your side and um, staying really positive in the midst of struggle. I, I definitely get that from my dad. He's a very positive person. He always believes the best outcome in situations. He always thinks, he always, he, he doesn't stay down for long. And I definitely learned that by watching how he deals with struggle um, you know, kind of allowing himself to be disappointed about something and then having 
the mind to kind of be like, yeah, this is hard, but there are better days ahead. This is not the end. Everything is going to be okay. And it always is. And I feel so lucky that I got that from him. It kind of goes hand in hand with how much confidence he instilled in me. Uh, Almost too much, maybe. (laughs) And, you know, not, not an arrogant confidence, but a very, a very productive confidence that's helped me like interview really well for jobs and, um, and be the like charismatic person that I am, my ability to connect with people deeply and my love for socializing. And, you know, I, all of that I get from my dad. And I think all of that I mean, he's always taught me to be positive, but all of that has mostly been just learned from him, from seeing him be that way. You know, the way he treats people, how he compliments everyone, how he sees the best in people. And that, that is the most beautiful thing about him. You know, there's a reason why people love my dad so much. He is just love. He really is. And I'm, I'm so happy that my daughter gets to have you know, a grandpa like that. And both her grandpas are awesome, but, um, but to experience that from him and, and that that's something that I get to teach her too, by, by her just seeing how I interact with people and how I live my life. Um, and the last thing there's, I could talk about this forever because, you know, family, ancestral stuff, like parenting, psychology, all that stuff I could talk about forever. It's so interesting to me. I spent all my free time reading articles and books about this stuff. Um, But the last thing I'll kind of talk about just so that this episode isn't too long for you guys um, is something that I think, and this isn't, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is just my parents. I think a lot of people who are around my age, I think their parents' generation, our parents' generation was raised to, to not really lean into their feelings and allow feelings to be okay. Um, and you know, what I mean by that is like the generation of if a kid is crying about something saying, it's okay, it's okay, don't cry, don't be sad. Here, here, take this and quickly smoothing it over. And now there's been so many studies that say, you know, let your kid um, be sad, you know? And when back then, like that wasn't really, that's just not what was taught. But I've seen how some of my mom friends, um, I'm gonna shout out my friend, Andrea, I love her parenting when it comes to this type of stuff. I see how she, how she allows her children to feel disappointed when they're disappointed, feel upset when they're upset and acknowledge it and say, I know you're really disappointed that this is happening. That would make me sad too. I understand that you're sad. Do you want to talk about it? Or when you're ready, we can talk about it or take some space, take some time to feel those feelings and then we can talk about it or, and then we can move on or, and then we can tackle this together. And I think it's so beautiful. It's such a profound way of teaching your children that feelings are okay. Um, and that they don't always have to be happy. I don't know if you guys have seen the movie inside out. It's this kid's, you know, animated movie. It's so beautiful. I can't, rave about it enough. I can't wait to watch that with my daughter one day. It's so good. It's so profound for a kid's cartoon or animation, whatever they're called now. It's so good. All about teaching kids to um, make friends with the not awesome feelings and then to learn like, hey, right now it's okay to cry and be upset. And then you move on from it because they do. Kids do. You know, when, when they've, when they're given the space to feel their emotions. And I think, you know, maybe especially being an only child too, my parents have always done the, don't be cry. It'll be fine. 
You don't need to be upset. Don't worry yourself about this. And it was always so frustrating to me, especially the older I get now. Thankfully, coming back to my mom being so open-minded, I can tell her that. I can be like, you know, that's not helpful for me, mom. And, And she's gotten so much better at it, but she still sometimes will be like, don't worry about it or don't be sensitive. And, you know, I've had to tell her, like, it is extremely triggering for me when I am confiding in you or, you know, venting about something and you say things like, don't worry about it. Don't, you know, um, don't be sensitive. You know, it feels very dismissive of my feelings and that's, that's not the support I need. I don't need someone to tell me that I'm too sensitive. That's definitely, um, a trigger for me, you know, and I think on, on some level, it's a trigger for everyone being told like, calm down and stuff. But it's a really big trigger for me being told, like, don't be so emotional. Don't be sensitive. That's so emotional. Um, Don't worry about it. You know, when you're in the middle of, like, sharing feelings and being vulnerable and then someone says, don't be sensitive um, or don't be emotional or you're too emotional, you're really sensitive. It's extremely triggering for me. And I... I know that that's something I'll do very differently with my kids. And, you know, me sharing this stuff is like, it's kind of hard because I don't want anyone to think I'm complaining about my parents. My parents, I've said this before, I'll say it until I'm like blue in the face. I have the greatest parents in the world. I really do. They are kind, supportive, loving, patient. I mean, they are amazing. I literally get emotional thinking about how much they've sacrificed for me, how much they've put aside, how much of their own comfort they've put aside, even just moving here and providing a life for me here, everything they've done for me since we've moved, everything they continue to do, the way they've shown up as grandparents without our baby even being here yet. I mean, it. I have like tears in my eyes thinking about it. They are so wonderful. I don't know what I did in a past life to have parents like this. Uh, With that being said, we can all be better all the time. And just because we all have flaws doesn't mean we're bad people. It just means we have room to grow. Personally, I think it's exciting that we have room to grow. I know I have room to grow. I know I'm not going to be a perfect parent. I don't even have that expectation of myself. I know there are things that I'm going to mess up on. And my daughter will, if she decides to have children one day, she'll have the same um, kind of reflective process during her pregnancy where she thinks, you know, I really didn't like that my mom did this and I, but I like that she did this. And, and that's how we continue to raise a more evolved, progressive, healthier generation. And so all of this is meant to be productive, not shaming anyone, you know? And, and I just feel like I need to like preface that and throw it out there because I'm very protective of my family and I, I just would never want it to seem like I um, am complaining about my parents. But with that being said, there are a few things that I don't want to do like them. And, you know, and I know my mom had that same thought. She was telling me all the, all the things my grandma, you know, did that she did super differently with me. And I'm thankful, you know, one of those things was being really open-minded. She didn't have super open-minded parents. And so she wanted to be open-minded and it's made my life so much better. So I'm so glad that she was able to reflect and be conscious and aware of of that. Um, But going back to um, allowing children to feel their feelings, I think um, that's a really, really big one is, is, and, and it makes it makes life easier when you experience a bad feeling or a bad thing that causes you pain and you know, okay, I'm going to take time to process this and then I'm going to be okay. It makes life easier, at least for me. Um, Because even now it's something I struggle with sometimes when I feel a certain way about a person or a situation. I think, I'm being so sensitive. I'm probably being too emotional. And that way of thinking has actually hurt me because it's made me be too lenient on people. I shouldn't have been so lenient on. 
it's made me more, um, it's, and it's, it's caused a lot of like a lack of boundaries in a lot of my relationships, which have ended like friendships and relationships that have ended because of my lack of boundaries, because I kept thinking that my feelings were not valid and that I was just being too sensitive and too emotional. And so I've, I've reworked that and I've unlearned that. Um, and the conclusion I've come to is that I will be, you know, teaching, teaching my, my kids that it's okay to feel how they do and, and that it'll pass. And, and I get, you know, it's harder said than done because you also don't want your kid to just cry about spilled milk. Like you don't want your kid to cry about everything, but not getting their way. And, you know, and, and so I think that that's the struggle and that's the line between not wanting to raise your children to feel ashamed of their feelings or invalidate how they're feeling. Um, but also, and, and, you know, stay away from labeling them, especially girls. I think it's so important. You know what? I actually, now that I think about it, I think it's just as important for boys because boys probably get a lot of the you're too sensitive thing and that's bad for them because then it makes them maybe be like overcompensate by being kind of assholes because they don't want to seem soft. They're afraid of vulnerability and it's dangerous for girls because it makes them afraid to create boundaries. It doesn't affirm them in how they're feeling about situations and people they should know like no the way I'm feeling is valid and I shouldn't have to like eat my feelings to make other people comfortable so I take it back when I said especially girls I think in 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 whoever you're raising we can all use more empathy we can all use more emotional intelligence and I'll wrap it up here because like I said I could go on about this forever um I'm very excited to step into the role of motherhood. I'm very excited to take on this new chapter and meet the person that I'm going to raise. It's really surreal to me that my due date is in four days. Um, I don't think she's going to be born on her due date, and I don't think she's coming early. I have a feeling she's going to be a little late, (laughs) Uh, which is fine. Uh, Pregnancy has been the most incredible experience I've ever had in my entire existence. Even through these last, I've had, full disclosure, I've had the best pregnancy ever. I really have. And I've loved being pregnant. I mean, I had morning sickness the first few weeks and these last few weeks, these last like three weeks have been pretty uncomfortable. I mean, I'm pretty uncomfortable right now. I, I, I just feel um, physically, I'm just really heavy. Um, but I don't have like all the typical super pregnant lady symptoms that they do. So I feel very blessed that I've had a very normal, healthy, like happy pregnancy. Um, and as uncomfortable as I am now, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss this belly because even, even during like the most uncomfortable parts where like, I can't get comfortable on the couch. I can't get comfortable laying down. I feel her moving in my belly and it's the greatest experience. I mean, I'm so humbled by, by this feeling. It's so beautiful. Um, I'm going to miss it. (laughs) I'm definitely not one of those people that's like, I'm never having more kids. Like I can't wait to have more already. And I don't even have the first one yet. I'm sure moms everywhere are like rolling their eyes right now. Like just you wait. Um, But anyway, it's been really fun to be able to share the process on this platform and especially to share it with a lot of, a lot of my friends have had babies or are pregnant or just had their baby like around the same time as me. And it's been really fun to connect with like a mom, a new mom community Um, and it's also been so special for me to experience this pregnancy with Cassie. I mean, our kids are probably going to be three, four weeks apart, which is amazing. And it's been so beautiful to experience just being pregnant with her. We, we always talked about that happening. 
Um, I'm so humbled to be her friend. I'm so proud of the mother she is. I'm so proud of the wife she is, the way she has transitioned into having one child to two kids so seamlessly, so gracefully. She is such a beautiful, bright light of a human. I feel so happy to be her friend. I feel so grateful that we have this platform together. Um, she actually just texts me right now. <laughs> um, I, I just feel so, so excited to step into motherhood and I can't wait to hopefully share maybe my birth story with you guys. Uh, when I get back, maybe Cassie will share hers with you or, you know, I know she has uh, one or two fun episodes planned to record for you guys um, before I get back. And I'm really looking forward to when, first of all, when her and I can see each other again, I haven't seen her in months because of the COVID stuff. Uh, I can't wait to see her. I can't wait to see her whole family. I can't wait for our babies to meet. Um, and I can't wait to be back on this platform recording with her and sharing more, more with you guys. I would love to hear from you. How are you doing? Are you still quarantined? Are you, you know, share with me um, on, on the Evolve Higher platform on Instagram, or we're probably friends, so you can probably call me. <laughs> um, until next time, stay safe, stay open-minded. Please continue to do the work and unlearn and relearn around systematic racism. Please continue to spread love. Please continue to do work um, to make our future generations better and brighter and more evolved and progressive. I love you all. Thank you for being a part of this community and have a wonderful rest of your day. <laughs>